Today on Calm Talk, we're taking a look at the Ryan verse. Ryan, Jack Ryan. Let's get dangerous. Glicks, what is going on? We are receiving a signal from a new area on the planet Geekery. All right, let's see what the planet has for us today. Opening forms in three, two, one. Welcome to this episode of Calm Talk. This is episode 156. And today we are going to be talking about the Ryan verse. Uh, but joining me is Dallas. Hello and welcome to our show. We're super excited about it. I can't believe it's already that it's 156 episodes. I know that there are some people out there. They're like, you know, it could be more. It could be. <laughs> but, you know, we have managed to produce some pretty good episodes. We have. Even if we have not been as regular as we <laughs> would have liked to have been. Right. So, but, um, so, Celeste, so you and I just came off our vacation time. Yeah. And for those of you who don't know, uh, if you're new to Geek Devotions, you're new to the community, uh, whether that's because you, you randomly found us because of the article the Assemblies of God wrote about us, or... Maybe you heard about us on K-Love because we were featured on K-Love recently. That was crazy. It was. Um, but either way, um, Celeste and I, um, for our annual anniversary vacation, um, and we just celebrate our seventh, um, we decompress together uh, by watching movies. We take a week off for vacation. And we watched movies. We binged an entire series. And this year, we decided to do the Ryan verse. Mm -hmm. And so for today's show, we're going to kind of talk about, for the first half of the show, we're going to talk about what the Ryan verse is, what we liked, what we didn't like, that kind of stuff. And the second half, we're actually going to bring a rating to it. And uh, we have a couple caveats on how this is. So we're actually going to have several different ways of looking at this. So that being said, uh, Celeste, what is the Ryan verse? The Ryan verse is a group of movies that some of them are connected to each other. Some of them are not, but they are all based in the world that Tom Clancy has created. Yeah. Um, focusing on a CIA analyst mm -hmm. named Jack Ryan. Ah, so a lot of movies with this series. Uh, well, technically, there are five Jack Ryan movies mm -hmm. and one movie that's in the Ryan verse mm -hmm. that we watched. And um, they were fascinating. It was an interesting time. Dallas mm -hmm. and I like spy type movies. Mm -hmm. uh, last year for our anniversary, we did Mission Impossible. Mm -hmm. um, at some point in this last year, we watched all nine of the Fast and the Furious movies over a... It wasn't a vacation, but we had couple extra days off mm -hmm. together at the same time and yeah. we were like hey even though we still have some work we have to do right let's watch all nine of these movies <laughs> i feel like that was an achievement exactly so um this year we decided to do these partly because we saw that there was a jack ryan tv series yeah on, was it hbo or no, prime it's it was on prime. prime it's on prime and so we started watching it there Watched yeah. the first season of that. I'm intrigued to get back to season two. Mm -hmm. It was really interesting. It was. Super fascinating. And so <clears throat> um, it kind of sparked our attention. And we had said before, we we like spy movies. Yeah. We like these type of things. and um, We like political intrigue. We do. We like political intrigue quite a bit. So um, 
we decided to take a dive into this. Mm-hmm. Um, now, this is done by Tom Clancy. Yep. And uh, I got his wiki, the wiki on Tom up. And uh, he's done a lot. He has. He's written a ton of books. Mm-hmm. And my understanding is that they are all like super technical. So if it's not, that's not your style of book. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't attempt them because, <laughs> again, very, very technical, very dry, which I can see from the movies. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're very well, well received. In yeah, the, absolutely. The community that reads that style of book. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking at his profile. Uh, he died in 2013. Did uh, he yeah. really? He was an American novelist. He's best known for his technically detailed espionage and military science storylines set during and after the Cold War. Hmm. So apparently 17 of his novels are considered bestsellers and more than 100 million copies of his books have been sold. Yeah, I believe that. So he's got quite a quite a bit <laughs> under, under him. I like that his picture on the wiki page is a black and white with sunglasses because it makes him look much more ominous <laughs> it does it really does and there, so there's a lot of stuff um out there there's there's more there are more films with his name attached to it though really did uh, we miss some i don't think it's part of the ryan verse oh well, it is i guess well maybe not it's uh there was one called net force a television movie based on tom clancy's net force series oh it's a different series mm-hmm. and then no, we've seen those. We've seen all those. So, but yeah, there's a lot to them. And there's several video games that I would love to check out. Mm-hmm. So, but that being said, we watched specifically Hunt for October, Patriot Games, Clear and Present Danger, um, Some of All Fears, uh, Jack Ryan's Shadow Recruit, and then Without Remorse. Yes. And which, those are all connected. <laughs> Without Remorse was a very different tone. Very different tone. So let's let's talk about each movie just kind of on its own laurels. Okay. Uh, first one is the Hunt for Red October. I had actually seen this one before and forgotten about it. Did you? I watched that one, and I watched um, K Nine: The Widowmaker at the same time. Mm-hmm. And I was a teenager, so I I was not as I was not tracking the political intrigue as much right. because I just didn't have an understanding. But I remember going, this is kind of interesting. And then I fell asleep. <laughs> so I don't, I'm not sure if I can really say that I watched it. I got you. I watched Hunt for October years ago. Let me, let me read the thing. It's starring uh, Alec Baldwin, Sean Connery, and Scott Glenn. In the, young Alec Baldwin. Young Alec Baldwin. And his description, the description for the series or the movie is, in November of 1984, Soviet Union's best submarine captain violates orders and heads for the U.S. in a new undetectable sub. The American CIA and military must quickly determine, is he trying to defect or start a war? Now, this was a, like I said, I watched this years ago when I was a kid mm-hmm. uh, on VHS. It's set in 1984, but it came out in 1990. That that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So, but I mean, it's they had to put it in eight four for the the uh, the political side to make sense. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, what did you think of this particular film? I think that Sean Connery is fantastic. Oh yeah, 
Like, I love him. Mm-hmm. Now, was he a Russian with a Scottish accent? Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> Even when he was speaking Russian. <laughs> Mr. Connery does not do voices <laughs> well. At he all. He does his voice. Yes. And that's it. And um, it's a great voice. See, see Egyptians from <laughs> the Highlander. <laughs> no, he was, he was an Egyptian. He was a Spaniard. Bless him. Either way, it was same voice. That man does not do voice acting at all. No, not but in the slightest. He's a phenomenal actor. Um, the storyline was good. I feel like, though, Jack Ryan got lost. Oh, yeah. Like, I forgot the movie was about Jack Ryan. Yeah, absolutely. And it's like one of those things where, like, Alex's not a bad actor. Um, he's he, not. He's, he's a talented actor. But in this movie... The he is so overshadowed by who Sean Connery is. Yeah, he did such a great job of embodying this this person who just leads, and you're like, yeah, this is this is the guy. Um, really, the Jack Ryan of this, the way that Alec Post played, and the way the script played out, was just a a soft connector between plot points. Yeah, and I do want to say this: we we are not going to comment on anything going on with Mr. Baldwin currently. Um, we just, this is an older movie of his that mm-hmm. happened to be in the set of movies we wanted to watch. Exactly. So that's all we're going to say about that. <laughs> I just know someone was going to say something. Oh yeah. Somebody would. <laughs> somebody would. So, but, but <laughs> it's, but it almost like even the commander that Ryan was fighting with, mm-hmm. I feel like outacted. Yeah, the character, and I don't know if it's that the character was just written so weakly mm-hmm. in this movie. Baldwin's character. Baldwin's character, yes. Um, Jack Ryan, if it was just so, like they played up the he's an analyst, he doesn't know what he's doing side mm-hmm. of things too much for this, but he just got lost. Yeah, he really did, and like I said, it was just kind of a, a plot connector. Wasn't bad. I mean, he made sense in the story, obviously. Yeah. Um, but it just there's no other way to say it. He's just overshadowed by Connery. He's uh how did I I think I phrased it like this when you and I were talking about it later. He's the NPC <laughs> in the movie. And Connery and a couple of the other actors are the player characters. Mm-hmm. And he's just the one who's, I'm following the script. Exactly. Of what I'm supposed to do. Exactly. Yeah, he has some cool scenes. He has he some cool does. moments. The dropping into the water and stuff like that. You know, that, that was cool. Um, this is definitely 1990s storytelling. Oh, yes. And not that that's a bad thing. It's just when you watch it, you have to remember this is a 1990s story. And so... Storytelling is very differently. Filmography is different, mm-hmm. um, but it's a good story. I was, I was, I was, in, I was invested all the way through. I loved the movie mm-hmm. personally. Was there a moment that really just you're like tensed up? The I'm trying to think because we've had about a week since <laughs> we finished these. Well, while you think, let me tell you mine. Okay, mine was when they're in the uh, they're in the sub and they're having to navigate this path oh yes and there was a missile coming after them and connery's like like he's just winging it he's like hold wait and he's just counting the times like all right hard turn hard turn and all of a sudden they're like like drifting around a freaking curve 
In a sub. In a sub. <laughs> that whole scene, like I was on the edge of my seat going, oh my God. The scene where they, and these are obviously spoilers, but where they were, somebody was trying to set off the nuke in the Red October mm-hmm. and they were having to get to it to shut it off. Yeah, yeah. That was the most intense to me. Mm-hmm. Like the rest of it was kind of, eh. Yeah. Like it wasn't intensity wise. It wasn't super engaging, I guess would right. be the way to say it. Like it was intense, oh, but yeah. I was, there was a level of disconnection until the, that end portion. Yeah, totally. All right. Well, next film that we're going to talk about is, was Patriot games. Next yes. one we watched, which was actually the only R rated film. I think I don't, well, maybe I thought it was the next one that was paid. That was R rated, not Patriot games. No, Patriot games is R rated. Okay. never mind. Um, so Patriot games with Harrison Ford. I like Harrison Ford mm-hmm. as an actor. Sean Bean. Um, it's, uh, when CIA analyst Jack Ryan interferes with an IRA assassination, a renegade faction targets him and his family for revenge. Can we, we back up just briefly because you said Sean Bean and it made me think about something from a hunt from Red October and it's just going to be a real quick statement, but Tim Curry was in this movie (laughs) as a serious character. That was so strange. (laughs) <laughs> okay i'm good that's all i wanted to say there you go it's fair we'll make time for tim curry so all right we so always make time for tim curry. <laughs> harrison ford now this was kind of like um i don't want to say it was a reboot but it was kind of what it was it was one part continuation of the jack like basically baldwin played a young jack ryan and then this one harrison ford plays an older jack ryan who has left the cia mm-hmm. and he's trying to come back to the cia he, well, he ended up coming back. Right. Because basically, uh, like I said, he was he was in Europe and he interfered with an IRA uh, attack and um, the, he killed a man. Yeah. And his brother was not having it and attacked Jack's family. Yeah. And so Jack's like, no, we're not playing that game. <laughs> Honestly, it made me wonder, and we need to do this series at some point for one of our vacations, but it made me wonder if maybe Harrison Ford could have done the Taken series. Oh. Just the whole, you mess with my family, mm-hmm. I'm coming after you. I can see that. The problem, the problem with Taken is that after the second one, they're, I mean, really after the first one, they're all the same thing. I was about to say, there's more than two? I think so. Oh. Maybe. We'll look it up later. Hmm. But anyways... But Harrison Ford, I think, played a strong Jack Ryan. Yes, I think so too. Again, he he doesn't get lost. the The story seems to be more around him and his family. Mm-hmm. We were talking about this, whereas the first movie was more of this global thing, mm-hmm. like like the, like like global implications, which this one did too. But it was focused so heavily around Jack mm-hmm. and his family, right there. Well, and if you think about it, about the time frame that this movie came out, mm-hmm. stuff like that was more popular. Mm. It was the beginning of the the dad does something crazy, but he's going to protect the family type mm-hmm. situation, mm-hmm. which that's a really bad way of explaining it. But you know what I'm talking <laughs> I got about. You. I followed you. Um, but also, it just it focused more on like even though it was R, this kind of was a family style movie. 
Like, not, I would not suggest letting your little kids watch this. <laughs> my eyebrow just went all the way up. <laughs> up to his, his, uh. The crown of my hairline. Yeah, the hairline. <laughs> went straight up to the hairline. I would not suggest watching, letting small children watch this. Yeah. But older children mm. who have a better concept, who mm. aren't going to repeat words, who aren't going to have nightmares because of the violence, mm-hmm. it's, it's more of a interesting as a, like this is a family this yeah. is something that this is a father out to protect his family yeah period end of story and i think that's what i liked about it again it was yeah. so it was so humanizing yes again uh the first movie jack is playing dice on a global scale mm-hmm. this is like you're you're attacking my family i'm going to guard my family and like like one of the most intense scenes for me was the um, when they're on the highway and they're coming after his wife and daughter. Oh my gosh! I and, had a nightmare that night about a crash exactly <laughs> like that movie. And then the wrap up the whole thing at the end whenever they're they're in the house mm-hmm. and he's having to to protect his family. The in the house scene made me think of an acquaintance, a friend of ours, and I was like, "This is yeah." How he would handle that. Yes. We, um, we have, he, he is also an ex-Marine. Former former Marine. We don't say ex-Marine. We okay. say former Marine. Why? Because you're always a Marine. Well, that's true. <laughs> he still has Marine walk. Like when he's serious about something, oh, he's yeah, he, heading for a mission. He's in. He's walking a very yes. specific way. I can confirm that he has ran drills for his family on what to do if things hit the fan. Yep. And so, not in a weird, creepy way, but like if somebody's attacking his family type of thing. Yeah. But I mean, in a practical way. In a practical way. (laughs) But he is a, but yeah, I mean, it really was one of those, like he, this Jack Ryan did not have, he was not prepared like I would think certain people in his situation would be. Mm -hmm. Having known a couple of Marine like individuals that, because Jack Ryan's a Marine. He's a former Marine. He's a former Marine. uh, Who, what, Came out of the military because of a terrible plane accident or helicopter crash that broke his back. And, and I appreciate that every film has referenced this in some fashion. Yeah. That's kind of, un- that's why he's an analyst is because he had come out of active duty because of his accident. Because he's not supposed to be running around. <laughs> so, but um, the entirety of the story was was pretty interesting again it's very grounded in a time frame mm, it is we have no concept of the ira today nope um like none whatsoever most people's concept of the ira is either the episode of the crown that dealt with it mm-hmm. um or the u2 song mm-hmm. that's it which you know that's good uh things have change a little bit there's still some tension over there yeah obviously but um, quite as uh tense yeah but i can see those who watched this back in the 90s being locked in oh yeah then like oh my gosh like this is it and this is this is a strength to the series as a whole is every film is playing with a geopolitical issue Mm -hmm. that is a was a real thing for them at the time frame Absolutely. It definitely helps ground it in realism. Mm-hmm. Like the mo- the movies are not meant to be fantastical. No. They are meant to be very realistic. Mm-hmm. Although I will say the only real unrealistic thing to me is that the wife did not know where the bullets were to the shotgun. Yeah. Because yes, you don't keep them 
together. Right. But I cannot see somebody who goes, hey, the shotgun is here if you need it, mm-hmm. not going, hey, I put, I moved the bullets over here. Right. Like that's a, was a disconnect for me. Yeah. I am extent. curious though, if, if any of our listeners are former military and if you have, you have a family and you've taken care of your family and you're older, you're in this time frame. Cause again, Jack Ryan at this time frame was well, they had a, they had an eight year old girl, mm-hmm. but he's, they were seemingly, seemingly an older couple. Yeah. Um, if you were around in the nineties as an adult and you had a family and you're a military, would you have taught your wife where things were the way that modern people would have yeah. that I know? That's a good question because like I'm critiquing the fact that he didn't tell her where the bullets were. Right. Because she clearly knew where the gun was. Oh yeah. She just didn't know where the bullets were. Although props to her for going, okay, improvise. Bam. Bam. <laughs> Just smack that lady with the butt of the gun. Straight in the face, which is not pleasant. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So this movie was actually, again, I think this movie was, I think it was a little more intense because it was so grounded. It also had a lot more action to it. Yeah. Like, totally. stuff got intense with the subs, mm-hmm. but because he was picking up his family before they headed to home, back to America, mm-hmm. because they were dealing with this guy attacking his family. Mm-hmm. It was much more action packed, which again is a product of the time because yeah. the nineties movies were starting to get a bit more action packed. Yeah, totally. So any other thoughts on this one before going to the next film? Uh, no, I think I'm good on this one. All right. So the next film that we watched was clear and present danger. Again, mm-hmm. Harrison Ford, uh, Donald Stewart, uh, was the one who did the screenplay. Uh, William Defoe was in this. Yes, the Green was, Goblin. Which was interesting. Uh, the IMDb reads, CIA analyst Jack Ryan is drawn into an illegal war fought by the U.S. government against a Colombian drug cartel. This one I thought was a bit more interesting to me personally mm-hmm. because I remember when this stuff was going on. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't remember it greatly, but I remember hearing about it in the news. Mm-hmm. I was a old enough child to catch things as the news was on yeah. about stuff. So it was fascinating to me because it was like, oh, I kind of vaguely remember this. Yeah. Now, it was a fake war, but this was during the the quote unquote war on drugs time frame. Yeah, it was. This That's was what I meant. I'm sorry. In the wake of stuff like the Gulf War that took place, um, there there's a lot of things that took place in the early 90s. A lot of conflict that we put ourselves into and that we didn't put ourselves into for various reasons. Um, and this plays heavily on the whole drug on war or the sorry, drug on war the war on drugs issue of going in and, and handling certain things. That's that is what the war on drugs is what I was referring okay. to. I apologize. This was a fictitious yeah, yeah. event. But yeah, totally fictitious. Because the early nineties were so don't do drugs. Mm-hmm. Don't do drugs. Don't do drugs. <laughs> Which was a good thing. Don't yeah. do drugs. But <laughs> Don't do drugs, kids you die. <laughs> oh Cassie. Um 
But because it was steeped in that, and that was such a prevalent thing mm-hmm. that it was even in cartoons. Yeah, absolutely. It it kind of connected a little bit better with me personally. I get that. So this one was, I think this one more so than the previous ones, dealt more with the slimy corruption side of the government. Which was also a product of the time frame it came out. Exactly. Like there was a little more... Not saying that it was less patriotic, um, but it was definitely a little bit more, you know, you're seeing the the nastiness of people's playing with the politics. Politicians, you know, doing things on the side to make things happen here and then denying it later and mm-hmm. having the stuff take place. Um, it was it was a little more intense in that side of things. Yeah, it was. Um, Dale had mentioned in a comment on my Facebook page uh for him this felt like more more like a made for tv movie which i can see yeah like the cinematography the storytelling even a little bit Mm -hmm. and maybe it's because we watched it or at least i did i watched it on television for the first time when i watched this movie this was the first time i watched it okay so i have expected commercials at certain points and I don't know if it's because I watched it on television as a kid originally or not, right. but it was it was definitely a different movie. Um, same Jack Ryan. Same Jack Ryan. Same family, so. which I appreciated. So what they did change the wife and child from mm-hmm. uh, Red Hunt for Red October and then Clear and Present Danger. Right. Now, there are a couple characters in this one that were Patriot Games. I'm sorry. <laughs> they kind of stand out. Um, William Defoe's character. Who they called Clark the entire time. Yeah. Who we'll revisit later. Um, yeah. I really think that he played that character very well. Mm-hmm. Like, I, he was kind of slimy, mm-hmm. but at the same time, he was very direct. Yes. And you knew what you were getting when you dealt with him. And then the, with what happens at the end of the movie, mm-hmm. where they're going to try and find the people who have been left to hang out to dry. Right. Hit the way he showed care for them yeah. made me go, okay, he's not completely asleep. A back. Yeah. <laughs> and some of that may have been that as soon as I saw him, I went, oh, it's the Green Goblin. And so I'm imposing a character that he is not playing. Right. Absolutely. I legitimately kept waiting for him to pull out a hoverboard <laughs> like <laughs> and fly away. That's that's funny. Uh, <laughs> there's another character played by a guy named Henry Kazerny. You can never say his last name. C-Z-E-R-N-Y. And he's interesting because he plays a character named Ritter, who was another mm. uh, political individual who was kind of the one behind things, doing stuff a little slimy himself. Ritter needed to be punched in the face. The entire movie. I wanted to punch him. His nose was just asking for a good pop. Right. So this character was the one that was causing most of the problems for Jack Ryan in the film and created the situation where there were basically they had men left in, in, uh, was it Cuba? I think it was Cuba, uh, that were getting murdered. It, yes and no. Mm -hmm. He was the one who was acting on everything. He was not the one behind it all. Because he did not initially have the orders, but he was the one who was executing it. Yeah. So you could say that he was the one behind it all and the one responsible for it all. Right. But he also was not the one whose idea it was. Yeah. So um, 
don't know. This one for me, I, not that it was a bad movie. It just doesn't stand out to me as much for whatever reason. It was a good movie. I enjoyed it. I did appreciate that the actors who were supposed to be Latinos mm-hmm. were Latinos. Exactly. Like everybody, like a lot of the actors, I went and looked them up. There's uh, one of the guys, one of the main guys from the the squad team that you're not supposed to know about. Right. Um, he was in Miss Congeniality. Was it uh, Raymond Cruz? Wait, Chavez? It was a guy that at the end with the sniper? Maybe. They saved? Yeah. He was in Miss Congeniality. Because I kept going, he looks familiar and he's young. He's not as thin as he was. He still has a little bit of baby fat on his face. But right. it's it's just, I respect that because I'm going, okay, these are, they went out of their way to legitimately find people who mm-hmm. have that particular heritage. Exactly. So, which sometimes in films, they uh, don't do that too well. Especially older films. (laughs) Uh, James Earl Jones. Was a rock star in these movies. In these movies. I was so sad that he was not in the rest of them. Right. Any other thoughts on this film before we go on to the next one? Uh, No, not necessarily. So the next one we're going to do is debated by some people as as to its laurels. Um, <laughs> a couple people have said it is the absolute worst one in the series and they hated it for various reasons. But that is the Sum of All Fears, mm-hmm. which came out in 2002. CIA analyst Jack Ryan must stop the plans of a neo-Nazi faction that threatens to induce a catastrophic conflict between the United States and Russia's president by detonating a nuclear weapon at a football game in Baltimore, Maryland. And the stars Ben Affleck, which one of our listeners just threw up in his, in his soul. He did. The name. He did. Uh, and Morgan Freeman. Who is phenomenal. Who is a fantastic uh, uh, actor. So this particular movie, like like the other ones, like I said, it does a great job of the, the central threat being mm-hmm. something very much grounded in the time frame. Yeah. This is post 9-11. Uh, we're looking for weapons of mass destruction. This was a legitimate fear people had. Yeah. And there's also during the time frame of the apocalyptic movies. Yeah. Where there's a lot of that stuff happening at there the time. There was a lot of apocalyptic movies in the early 2000s. I think, I think it was a lot of the, I think some of it was stemmed after the scare of the, of the, 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 oh, we've hit the millennium, 2000. You know, there were all those, the world's going to end or the computers are all going to shut down and fall apart. All that kind of stuff taking yeah, place. That that's that would make sense. Mm-hmm. The storytelling in the cinematography is grounded in the year 2002. <laughs> that is the biggest. I'm not sure what it was about. The, it was like we were cinematographers were like, look, we have all this technology. Let's use it. And it just it was the it was the puberty of film of filmography, mm-hmm. if you will, because they're they were trying to do so much stuff that wasn't working quite yet, and there was new types of they're getting away from um, traditional film and going towards more of a digital film, mm-hmm. and so things just weren't weren't quite tracking. Right, um, the story itself, I enjoyed it. I, yeah. I thought it was a I thought it was a stronger spy film. I loved this movie but and i think i told you this it's not a good jack ryan movie yeah 
Like, it's a good movie, mm-hmm. which, again, somebody just threw open their spirit. <laughs> but it, <laughs> we've had conversations with a couple of our friends who listen to the podcast. Right. So it's a good movie for what it is. You take into account the early 2000s. It's a good spy film. But I almost feel like it would have made a better Mission Impossible movie. I can see that. If you had taken Tom Cruise, done the the whole Mission Impossible team mm-hmm. with it, and done that same storyline, but mm-hmm. with Mission Impossible, people would have loved it. Yeah. I think, again, it's just, it wasn't a good Jack Ryan story. And I'm not sure how much of this was Tom Clancy's doing or not. But it just, it wasn't working for me. Ben Affleck wasn't a terrible actor in this. Some people are just prejudiced about it because they love to hate things. <laughs> but it wasn't a great it, again, he he he's working with scripts that just aren't right for what, yeah. and I don't know why he chose this, but because it it would be a popular movie, mm-hmm. it would get a lot of money on the front end. Yeah, as a actor, I can see why you would automatically go, oh, a Tom Clancy movie. Mm-hmm. Let me get in on that. Exactly. And this is supposed to be a reboot, like a complete. This is completely removed from the other, mm-hmm. the first three. The first three were loosely together. Yeah. This one is completely restart, reboot, refresh type of mindset. Um, I was frustrated that we didn't have Greer, which was taint, who was played by James Earl Jones. Yeah. Uh, the Greer like character was a character named um, DCI William Cabot, played by Morgan Freeman, who dies. Yeah, and Morgan Freeman does a fantastic job, mm-hmm. but without Greer, it doesn't feel right. Mm-mm. And so, and that, and it was also another another weakness is there were there <laughs> they were trying to play with new fancy technology a bit too much. This is the age of the PDA. Oh the, lord! For the, our younger audience, personal digital assistant. Picture your smartphone without the phone function. Yeah, and, and that's that was the PDA. Well, you kind of needed a PDA to not have the phone function because remember that awkward time frame where they were trying to cross a phone into and a PDA at the same time? Mm-hmm. I had one of those. Oh, wow. And I constantly called 911 with my hip because <laughs> if you held down a specific button, right. it would call 911. I got into so much trouble. Right. But they were, they, were, they kept going to the stupid thing. Like Ryan is in a truck that's catching on fire. And he's texting. Well, emailing. It was the precursor to texting. Yeah, yeah. And it was like, and I'm sitting there going, knowing what I know, like it looked like a text messaging. It's like what we know today. But knowing what I know about how technology worked back then, it wasn't that quick. That thing would have to sit there for a second and loading messages, hoping you got the right satellite signal from it. Which considering that a nuclear bomb just went off, you were not getting a satellite (laughs) signal. So, and then they try to shoehorn this, like, you know, they were trying to set up at the very end, like, hey, this is going to be the the Russian agent that he's going to be working with for the series that never took place afterwards. Yeah. So, it was a fun movie. I enjoyed it. Oh, yeah. It wasn't as forgettable as some people seem to think it is. I think it's only forgettable if you haven't seen it in 100 years. Yeah. Which, I mean, say that about all these movies, to be perfectly honest. But again, it's, it's very much set in a time frame. Yeah. And... It's just not a great Jack Ryan movie. Right. Now, I do want to talk about, um, there's another character that's in this, uh, and it is Clark. Clark is in this movie. 
who was played by um, Green Goblin in the previous movie. I can't pull up his name right now for some reason. I know he's been, that actor has been in other things though. Well, he was Sabretooth. Yes. And his version of Clark was, I liked it. Yeah. You know, they didn't do a great job explaining who he was. It was just kind of thrown in there. But I like his kind of his snarkiness to it. I think he could have been a better Jack Ryan, to be honest. Yeah, I agree. I think that if they had casted him as Jack Ryan, this movie might have done a little better. That actor would have made a good Jack Ryan, I yeah. think. So, but it was a it was a cool like CIA agent who, you know, he was kind of black ops, which is who Clark is. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, overall, not a terrible movie, not, not the best, but I enjoyed it. Yeah. Again, I think if you take it outside of the series, it's it's not a bad movie. Mm-hmm. So any last thoughts on this one? No. Although I will say, well, I say that. I will say this while you're you're looking up the description of the next movie. Mm-hmm. That the the wife, future wife, was annoying in this yes. one. Like, she was whiny. And I'm going... She wasn't as strong. They tried to play her off as this modern, strong, independent woman. But she was so whiny the entire time. Yeah. I feel like... Harrison Ford's wife in the other two movies did a better job of being a strong woman. Totally. Like she's raising a family. She's having a baby. She's doing what she needs to do, but she's a strong woman. This girl was a whiny frat girl right. or sorority girl rather than someone that I could actually see being married to a CIA analyst right. in this world where he's a, not a CIA analyst, but he is. Right, exactly. He, um, I mean, he was an analyst, but it just. <laughs> I just say that because in, it feels like all of them have started out with, I'm just an analyst. Here's mm-hmm. a gun. Bang. <laughs> That's one thing. I, that, that was one weakness about this one, I think, is that he complained about. So much. Like more than. I mean, Baldwin put it out a couple times um, in the first movie, obviously, only oh, the first movie. Um, Harrison Ford mentions it, but it's not because he's not, he's, he moves on like he's there for a mission. This Jack Ryan complains all the time that he's just an analyst. He complains so much. I wonder how he actually was in the Marines. Like, thank you. Thank you. Marines do not complain that much. They're the ones that you have to worry about dying, standing up because they were injured 20 miles back. Exactly. And they just didn't say anything. Now, there is the whole, like, look, I'm an analyst, understanding your position, what you do. Right. But they'll do what they have to do. They'll jump in there. But this Ryan, the entire first half of the movie complained that he was just an analyst. Clark handed him a gun and you would have thought it was a snake. I'm like, you were a Marine. Exactly. This is not new to you. Exactly. And that was that that may be my biggest problem with this. <laughs> yeah. just, he was not a good Jack Ryan. No, he was not. So all right. Well let's talk about another reboot. Jack Ryan Shadow Recruit from 2014 mm-hmm. starring Chris Pine and Kevin uh, Costner. Um, and the description reads as follows. Jack Ryan, as a young, covert CIA analyst, uncovers a Russian plot to crash the U.S. economy with a terrorist act. Our attack. So, this film was interesting. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed the film. Yeah. I thought it was, I, I legitimately, 
I could have gone for more films of this. I agree. I could have gone for more of this one. This felt more like a, this felt less of a spy film mm-hmm. and more of a caper film, though. I'll give you that. But again, in 2014, we were getting a lot of the caper films. Mm-hmm. We were getting a lot of the Ocean's Eleven stuff were, were real hyped up. We were the, what's the one where they do blackjack? 21. Oh, yeah. That was a thing. Was that thing? Okay. It was roughly around that time frame. Mm-hmm. Um, it was probably this was probably at the tail end of all that, but those had done very well. Mm-hmm. The Oceans movies could put out an Oceans forty eight, and somebody would go see it. But, <laughs> Oceans forty eight, <laughs> but, but it it came into a time frame where caper movies were more ex, more of the the theme, the flavor of the year, the month, whatever. Right. So. Um... I, the one issue I had with this though was mm-hmm. the way they played off Jack Ryan. Okay. Um, there was always the whole he doesn't tell you what he does. He is a CIA analyst, but he had a lie to his his girlfriend or his wife, whatever, about being said thing. However, at the same time, like this particular Jack Ryan, it wasn't just that he was doing that; he was undercover. Like mm-hmm. he was working for a legitimate business as a financial analyst and pretending like he was uh, just that. As so, he was therefore a shadow recruit, and that was that added to the spy feel to things. Mm-hmm. You know, the the kind of the sleeper agent aspect, but it it felt out of character for his thing. Yeah, it did a little bit, but at the same time, it because they were trying to go back to his origins, it kind of made sense as to why he would be able to see numbers and see patterns and mm-hmm. more so than anything else we'd been given. Mm-hmm. Well, yes and no. It makes sense for the assignment, mm-hmm. but the again, it's just such a departure from the, other, the every other rendition of, of Jack Ryan, including the modern TV series. He is a CIA agent working mm-hmm. for the CIA. He doesn't tell people he does. Mm-hmm. He tells them he's just an analyst, which he is. He runs the numbers. This is a flat-out, covert, multi-year-long operation. That's true. That This is a completely different... He is a sleeper, just like the, the villain was a sleeper in small-town America, which... I just realized that's the guy from that's the Russian guy from Stranger Things. Yeah, I said that when we were watching it. I, I missed went, oh, that. it's Alexi. Yeah. <laughs> so I missed it until just now until I saw the face. But um he uh this is much more of a a spy op. Which was interesting. I enjoyed it. I liked it a lot. But it just felt it was just very different from the previous Jack Ryan renditions that we've seen. Yeah. I will say that I enjoyed Kira Knightley as the female, mm-hmm. as his his girlfriend slash fiance slash wife mm-hmm. slash whatever. She did a good job of playing the more stronger woman. Mm-hmm. At the same time, I can't see the CIA being like, yeah, let's pull this doctor into these covert mm-hmm. operations. Even if she's here, they would have just disappeared her. <laughs> So, I mean, they gave good reasoning for it, though. They did. They, they gave, like, well, they have to do it now. They would have done some other stuff, I think, to prep for it. But uh, let's um, talk about Kenneth uh, Brandon, though. I uh, He was a great villain. He was fantastic. I like him and stuff. I've seen him in similar roles where he plays this almost sympathetic 
bad guy and he mm-hmm. does great with it. So I almost didn't recognize him because what he sticks out to me the most about is from Hercule Poirot. And I just didn't recognize him without the giant mustache. He did a good job with that too. Mm-hmm. Like he was he was just really good. Yeah. So I thought it was a I don't know. It was a good it was a good movie. It was yeah. a lot of fun. I, I kind of wish this one had picked up. Me too. I'm not sure why it didn't, but it was good. I will say this, that there was one part that I really enjoyed, and it's real small, but it's after he goes to, where were they? Were they in Russia? No. Mm-hmm. Wait, were they? Were yes. They in Russia? He was in Russia the entire time. Okay. When he first goes to Russia and the bodyguard tries to kill him and he ends up killing the bodyguard in self-defense, mm-hmm. he calls a line to basically be like, hey, mm-hmm. this is what's happening. And I he's mean, freaking out. And he is freaking out. And the they had the person on the phone break protocol mm-hmm. and go, this is where you're going. This is what you're doing. In plain terms, because he goes, ma'am, I, I'm just an analyst. I only spent two weeks at the farm. Mm-hmm. And so she breaks the protocol. She tells him what's going on. And she goes, remember your training. You're mm-hmm. a Marine. Right. And then he goes, and he's good. Yeah. Like he still has nerves. He still has issues. But that scene to me was because we complained so much about Ben Affleck not being Marine enough. Right. That they showed his humanity with Mm -hmm. he's freaking out because he just killed a man. Right. And. And he's 10 years removed from active combat. He's 10 years removed from active combat. That needs to be reminded because he he was in the movie starts off with Mm 9-11. He drops out of college, goes in to join the Marine Corps. And right out of the Marine Corps, about three years into it, um, close to the end of his first tour, basically, he is shot down in a terrible accident, rescues all his men. I have a hard time believing that in those three years of active combat post 9-11 that he didn't kill a man. Yeah. But I can believe possibly that he had not killed somebody so close. Yeah, like so up, directly. So directly. But it's still 10 years since those incidences. So even if he had not actually killed someone in the war, mm-hmm. then it would make sense that it's been 10 years and mm-hmm. he thought he was done with this. Exactly. So it was it was interesting to see that play out. Mm-hmm. And um, I think he was the most Marine. of it. Yeah. <laughs> like Harrison Ford plays a older Jack Ryan who is, again, he's retired, but he goes back into it. Mm-hmm. Um, Alec Baldwin plays a young man who's just starting off as an analyst who's not super involved with things to be fair never given the opportunity to really be super involved that's true although I do have issues with the fact that he seemed very uncomfortable with the boat situation when, when he was in the sub I'm like come on dude um, but this one I, Pine did a great job I yeah. think he was the most marine out of all of them I, I would agree with that mm-hmm. so any other standout thoughts on this one um, it again is very set in its time in the cinematography and, and what was happening in the storyline, which is not a bad thing. It's just interesting. It was a little more shiny, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like everything was bright. Everything super bright. was super lit I, d- I don't know how to say it other than lit up like the you can tell the difference in the film yeah because of how they're doing things they didn't try to do anything super flashy with the um with the uh 
I just realized that Kenneth Branagh was the director also. Oh, well, good job, Kenneth Branagh. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I th- I thoroughly enjoyed it, though. Mm-hmm. So he's also, just for information, he's the one that directed Death on the Nile, uh, Belfast, which we have a review on our website from, Murder on the Orient Express. Uh, he did the Cinderella movie. He mm. directed Thor, like the first Thor. Oh. Um, he directed Hamlet. So, I mean. He's a, a good director then. Mm-hmm. He's done some good stuff. So, all right. Are you ready for the, the last film that we watched? Very different tone. Very different tone. Very different film. It's less, it's not about Jack Ryan at all, Mm-mm. but it's still, in the, this is almost a prequel to anything Jack Ryan. Well, it is a prequel to anything Jack Ryan. I heard somebody say that because this is a prime exclusive movie, that it's actually connected to the series. Interesting. That it's not connected to any of the other movies, but mm-hmm. it is connected to the prime series. Interesting. Well, the, what we're talking about is the uh, Amazon prime film um, without remorse, which came out in 2021 with Michael B. Jordan. Who was a very good actor. Mm-hmm. Uh, an elite Navy SEAL goes on a path to avenge his wife, his wife's murder, only to find himself inside of a larger conspiracy. I think you hit it on the nose. This is an entirely different type of movie. Mm-hmm. This is much more grunt, which it needs to be said. He plays a character named... Um, John Kelly. Mm-hmm. And spoiler alert, they changed his name to John Clark, who in the previous Jack Ryan movies was played by William Defoe and Sabretooth. <laughs> so it was it was interesting. It it connects the dots to me as to why not so much Sabretooth, but why William Defoe's character was so disconnected disconnected i don't care i know things i know how to get crap done but i really just want you to leave me alone right he was definitely a it's a really interesting character to see played out he Mm -hmm. is the the rogue black ops cia operative who the government has the deniability aspect Mm -hmm. and um but this is very much a guerrilla warfare man on the ground type of film starts off with, with these seals uh, dealing with a situation that goes sideways because Ritter who's back again. um, Gives them bad information or withholds information. This version also needed to be punched in the face the entire time, the entire time. (laughs) So good job to both of those actors for acting like they just needed a good whap. Yeah. So we hope that nobody does that to you in person. We don't, we know we truly don't, but you're fantastic at, at playing thing. that character. Yes. <laughs> so, but, um, I don't know. This was a good film. Like was. this was a, again, very different film. I think it was a good cat palate cleanser for us coming off the other Jack Ryan films. It was. It, did you ever see man on fire with yeah. Denzel Washington? Mm-hmm. It felt like that. Okay. Like it felt like he has a score to settle and mm-hmm. he really doesn't care what you think. It it almost gives me the vibes of the second Jack Ryan movie, Patriot Games, where it's so personal. It's it's you've come after my family. Yeah. And now I'm going to take care of you. Only this is the whereas Jack Ryan stayed behind the scenes for the majority of it. 
mm-hmm. and did the stuff. This Jack Ryan, this guy, uh, Kelly Dash Clark, he's like, nope, I'm coming after you. I think the difference is is the the um, the standards mm-hmm. they establish very well in most of these movies that Ryan's a Boy Scout. Mm-hmm. He is somebody who is going to follow the letter and the intention of the law. Right. Like he is going to, if you meant the law to mean this, he is not veering from that. Yes. Very much a upright character. Right. Not that Kelly slash Clark wasn't upright, but there was. He was, a, he is what would have happened to Ryan if Ryan's wife had died. Yes. Because he would have lost. He's the man that broke. Everything. Mm-hmm. Um. He's the one who is more okay being in the gray areas. Mm-hmm. The eh, it's kind of okay, it's kind of not, mm-hmm. but still holding a standard. Like the fact that yeah, he, oh yeah. you know, in during the big portion of the film, they're in a very terrible situation, and they realize they've been set up, mm-hmm. uh, and that they were meant to die on this op and be discovered and start a new war. And so he sacrifices himself to save. The entire team. Mm-hmm. Again, going back to William Defoe's character, who was I'm sacrificing myself to save my entire team. It's it's a great character. It's a so I I really yeah. enjoy. I want to see more of this character. Like, and it it speaks a lot to the fact of you can have a morally gray character mm-hmm. who still has standards, yeah. who still has lines that they don't want crossed. Right. So um, now. When we did this one, everyone was telling me that was asking me if I'd played the Tom Clancy Rainbow Six games because mm-hmm. apparently that's where this character lives mostly is in the Rainbow Six games in the books. Obviously, yeah, I'm not much of a reader, uh, so you're not gonna. I, I'm sorry, guys. I'll do a review on those. If somebody wants to sponsor me playing the game, I'll play one of the games. Um, I've been hesitant about the games though because all I hear about is like the multiplayer online stuff, and yeah. that doesn't interest me. I want a story. Yeah, so. Uh, if someone can point me to a proper Rambo Six game that has story and it's not about going online to play other people, I'm down. I'll try to track it down. I'll play it. But uh, I I enjoyed this character a lot. I yeah. appreciate the conflict. I appreciate him having to, you know, I'm angry, but I'm going to do what I need to do type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I do prefer the Jack Ryan Boy Scout. I'm going to do things the right way. Yeah. But I appreciate this is this is the broken man story. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. The The fact that, and this is a bit of a spoiler for the movie, but the fact that at the end, you really didn't know if he was just giving up. Mm-hmm. If he was like, I'm taking you down and I, I don't care if I go down with you. Yeah. That's not what happened. But right. It's great storytelling. It's, it was phenomenal storytelling. I enjoyed it. This is a lot of fun to me. So, all right. Well, any last thoughts on this film before we take a break? Nope. I think I'm good. Okay, so we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, Celeste and I are going to give our ratings. We're going to put these films in order. Mm-hmm. And there's going to be some interesting caveats. A couple of you are going to be angry at us. Probably. And that's okay. We're okay with that. So we'll catch you on the other side of the break. This podcast is a proud member of Culture Box. Whether you enjoy geeky reviews, comedy, or original fiction, you can open up the Culture Box and find something excellent for your soul. 
point your web browser to culturebox.media. Hey, y'all. My name's The Keeper. I have been told that I'm something of a what they call a Q-type character in this uh, show called Playing Games with Strangers. Now, I don't know how I feel about that, uh, given the implications of who this Q is on this uh, bangled uh, Star Trek or whatever it's called. But anyway... Uh, I recommend heading on over to playing games with strangers and listening to an episode or two and possibly uh, letting them know that no, he's not Q. He is a uh, benevolent, uh, all-knowing creature who just happened to put somebody in the wrong timeline. Anyway, I'll see y'all then. Thanks for listening. And we are back. Don't forget to go check out the people that we advertised. I don't know who we're putting in there yet, but uh, it, whoever they are, we support them. We do. We don't, we don't advertise for people we don't support. We don't have paid advertisement where we're like, we know nothing about this person. <laughs> Everybody that you hear, we have relationship with. We don't have paid advertisement, period. We don't have paid advertisement, period. But everybody that we advertise for is somebody we have relationship with. Absolutely. So. That's a key thing for us as a relationship. Yeah, we like friendships. Um, so we are going to be ranking the movies. We're going to try to wrap this up pretty quickly because we've we've got a little longer than we normally do mm-hmm. when it's just the two of us. <laughs> but so you want to go bottom to top? Um, yeah, let's do bottom to top. Okay. And again, this is it's going to get muddy because the question becomes. Are we doing Ryan versus movies or are we doing Jack Ryan movies? I don't know what you're talking about. Well, because if we're doing Ryan versus movies. We can include without remorse. Yes. But at the same time, the, it's the standard. Like, how are, we, how are we writing this? Is it a good movie? Is it a good Jack Ryan movie? I would say because I have ranked mine mentally based on being good Jack Ryan movies. Mm-hmm. So I would say let's not include without remorse. We agree it's a good movie. Yeah. We enjoyed it. It doesn't fit in. But even even with that caveat and, and this is a real life conversation, one of your one of your rating systems. Mm-hmm. There's a struggle because you and I talked about one chick movie is a superior film to another, mm-hmm. but it's weaker because of the conversation about of Ryan. Yeah. Which is why I'm saying let's just agree Without Remorse is a good movie. Great movie. We're not going to include it in the I, rankings. No, I'm not talking about. Oh. That's already moved. I'm talking about there's a particular movie yeah, that we'd yeah, like. I know what we, you're talking about. Yeah. So I, and it has Ryan in it. I'm going to rank it by if it's a good Jack Ryan movie. Okay. So that means a superior film. Well, it may not be at the top. All right. Well, this is going to be interesting, ladies and gentlemen. People are going to be angry at me. All right. So what's your number five Jack Ryan film? Some of all fears. Some of all fears. Now, are you saying it's a trash movie nobody should watch? Like some people yeah. suggest? God, no. It's not bad. It's just not a good Jack Ryan movie mm-hmm. because he doesn't act like a Marine. Mm-hmm. He doesn't, because of everything we listed in the other thing. Mm-hmm. He's not a good Marine. It's not a good Jack Ryan movie. It'd be a fantastic Mission Impossible movie, mm-hmm. but it's not a good Jack Ryan movie. Yeah, I'll give you that. I'm going to fall in the same camp. It's it's probably the bottom of the bucket for Jack Ryan films. I enjoyed it. It was fun, but it's not a good, it's just not great. 
Yeah. And um, if if we were doing a retro rewind rating, it would be a nostalgia. Yeah. If we were doing bottom shelf, it'd probably be a bottom shelf, to be honest. Yeah. It's not bad enough to burn. It's not middle shelf. Mm-mm. It's there. So, all right, cool. So that's our, that's, we're agreed on that one. Yeah. So number four. What's your number four? My number four, and this may make people upset, is actually um, clear and present danger. I could see that. It, it wasn't a, it was a good movie. I enjoyed it. It, it drug a little bit at times Mm -hmm. and it was like, it it felt like a made for TV. It, the scope of it wasn't so big. It felt like a Rambo movie for some reason at times. I kind of could see that. Um, but with less action. And um, it was a good film. I enjoyed it. Um, but I think it was a weaker film mm. compared to the other ones. Yeah. This is where people are going to start getting angry at me. They are. Because my number four is going to be Hunt for Red October. <gasps> Celeste Gale Mora. That is not my legal name. And you know that. <laughs> It's not that it's it. The movie itself does not deserve to be number four. The movie itself was phenomenal. It's great. As a Jack Ryan movie, he gets lost. He is not the main character of this movie. Mm -hmm. He is not even a side character. He is a plot point. Mm -hmm. He is a vehicle to get from A to B. You said best. He was an NPC. He's an NPC. He is somebody who is there to give you your side quest. Right. The reason why that's not my number four mm-hmm. is I feel like Harrison Ford and and Clear and Present Danger was not the Jack Ryan that we knew. Mm. This is a uh, he's elevated in authority. He's doing more stuff. He's no longer an analyst. He is the director of the freaking CIA, basically. Yeah and acting director acting director and it was just so different which props to ford for being able to play that to go from one film where he's this and then there there is a difference over here Mm -hmm. and so um that's again it was just a very different ryan from what i would consider ryan to be yeah and so that's the reason why claire president danger for me is number four that's actually why it's number three for me. Really? Mm-hmm. Go explain. It's like you said, it's just it's a good movie. It's more of a made for TV movie. Mm-hmm. I would watch it again. Mm-hmm. It's not terrible, but it's doesn't fit as well into the spy intrigue mm-hmm. because it is dealing more with the upper echelon of things. You have the president, you have the secretary, you have him being acting director of the CIA, mm-hmm. you have Ritter. I mean, it's all of these things that can be incorporated into a spy CIA type movie, Mm -hmm. but it was so much the focus and it, Dale is right. It's really a made for TV movie. It's not as, it's not as good of a quality as the others. Right. I get that. I totally get that. So for me, my number three, and just, just reminder, my, my my remaining three are hunt for October, uh, Patriot games, and then shadow recruit. Mm Mm-hmm. And so the question becomes, is it a good Jack Ryan film? And this is where I put Hunt for October. Mm. Um, I I like all these. I like all three versions of Jack in this. Yeah. 
but this one gets lost as we've said at just exhaustingly so he just gets lost in the entirety of the film yeah, he's he does. you forget that he exists almost and um again it's not a knock against baldwin it's just the casting of um of sean connery, sean connery was so strong and the storytelling was wrapped around connery and so many other plot points that he is just simply the vehicle to get from point a to point b and again it the book series the book may have been very much like that mm-hmm. but I feel like if that's the case, then in, then that book isn't a great Jack Ryan book. <laughs> well, we had watched a bit of the commentary, and they had said no, that did. they made some they made some major changes to this story. Um, in fact, Connery wasn't going to do it originally because mm-hmm. he felt like it was going to work. And they're like, "No, no, we're setting this in the '80s so that it will work." But they made a lot of changes. And again, Baldwin was a, very active in certain things. The whole like falling from the helicopter in the water—that oh, yeah. was Baldwin's doing. He was—he was like, "Well, what if I do this? Like, what if you have the camera in this place?" So, yeah. I mean, he was definitely active in the movie. Right. It's just the storytelling—he wasn't there. Exactly. So, so Hunt for October is number three for me. So we're down to our our top two. Okay, you have Shadow Recruit and Clear and Present Danger. No, that's what I have. Yes, I have Patriot Games and Shadow Recruit. There we go. You have... Patriot Games and Shadow Recruit. So we have the same two. We have the same two. (laughs) So these are our top two movies, clearly. Um, How do you place number four? You mean number two? Yes, number two. Who's does number two work for? I'm gonna I'm gonna <laughs> phrase this with a I am biased to early nineties movies. Oh. Because I really enjoy movies set in the early nineties. There's mm-hmm. something about the way the storytelling does that just resonates with me. So my number two is gonna be Shadow Recruit. I respect that. It's good. I would have loved more movies in that series, Mm -hmm. but it did not like I would go watch Patriot Games right now Mm -hmm. if you wanted to. If you're like, hey, let's go rewatch it. I'm like, yes. Mm -hmm. If you wanted to rewatch Shadow Recruit, like, eh, let's watch Star Trek. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like that's a better role for Chris Pine Mm -hmm. is Kirk. Yeah. So I get that. I'm I'm actually in the same boat. I'm going to put as number two shadow recruit because um this is a far more aggressive espionage type of movie Mm -hmm. again he was a quote-unquote shadow recruit he wasn't just an analyst he was a sleeper agent yeah Um, they were trying to change the story and it didn't quite work right but it was it was interesting. I would say it was great up until probably the last third of the film, yeah. where they went into the sleeper agents on stateside. It was interesting. I feel like they could have done more with that. Um, but this was definitely a far more action packed version than some other ones that we've seen. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was action that worked. Uh, there was a little more intensity to certain certain scenes. Uh, I really enjoyed it though. Like we yeah. said, I would like to see a. Uh, more of this Chris of uh, more of this Jack Ryan. Yeah, I definitely would be down down for that. So for both of us, our top one is the Patriot Games. Patriot Games. I loved that movie. Yeah, I like the fact that it was grounded. Um, again, it was a more mature Jack Ryan. Mm-hmm. Uh, so th- he wasn't whining all the time. Yeah, he was a man on a mission. Yeah, he was a uh, man who a jumped. I appreciate that he just jumped in 
to take care of a situation right on the front end. That's training. Yeah. That's a, I'm going to take care of this situation. Um, now, in story, he goes, well, I just reacted. It was just rage. No. I mean, mm-hmm. just because of who we know. Yeah. It was a, I'm going to stop a situation from getting worse. That's how that would have played out. Well, and if you break it down, the mindset probably based on the people we know who think like that, mm-hmm. it would be a, if I let this go, if I let this get worse, then a stray bullet is going to hit my wife or my daughter. Right. If I stop this now, that doesn't happen. Exactly. And so it probably was because in if you take it into Ryan's, the character's mind, mm-hmm. Ryan's mind, it probably was rage mm-hmm. of a, how dare you put my family in danger? <laughs> in danger. Not a, a rage of just anger, but right. a, my a, family's in danger. My I'm family's take care in of danger and I need to take care of this. Yeah, exactly. And you're in my way. Yeah. So I just, yeah. Patriot games was just a far better film. It was, it was out of all five Jack Ryan films. It was a better film. Now, does Hunt for a Red October deserve a higher spot as a quality of film? Oh, yes. Yes, from God, where we put yes. it. Much higher spot. It was a far much quiet, higher quality film. It was a better quality movie. The script was better. It it was heads and tails above. But as a Jack Ryan movie. That's the trick. It's not. So that being said... Those of you who are listening, you know, what did you guys think of the Jack Ryan series? If you've seen it, if you haven't seen the the uh, the Ryan verse, encourage you to go check it out. And after you do, let us know your thoughts. How do you rate them as Jack Ryan films, not as films? Yeah, because as films, the lineup would be very different, right? But as Jack Ryan films, how do you guys uh, rate them? Let us know. Um, that being said, uh, we mentioned this on the front of the show. Want to say it one more time. Uh, we have the opportunity to be interviewed and featured on K Love and yeah. Air Love, our Air One, which are <laughs> they're basically the same radio station now, but they are uh, they're separate stations, but owned by the same company. Same company, but they did an article about us at Geek Devotions, and uh, it was a great honor, and we appreciated it. And uh, we'll have a link in the description down below for you guys to check out mm-hmm. that article and their podcast interview with us. Yeah. So, so let's get anything else you want to add. Uh, it's Tiny But Mighty Month. It is Tiny But Mighty Month. So we're going to be doing a devotion on Ant-Man Quantumanium mm-hmm. uh, later. Yep. Uh, we got um, several things going on with that whole aspect. We had an episode on Rexy from How Ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, we had one on uh, Mikun. How to Care for a Mummy. <laughs> so um, all tiny characters with big uh, possibilities. So that being said, Celeste, let's, uh, let's land this plane. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to Calm Talk today. If you have loved this episode, head on over to Apple Podcasts to subscribe, rate, or leave a review. It is very much appreciated. So until next time, stay stay, <laughs> stay devoted. Peace and love. <laughs>